you doing, everyone? You're the first person to ever invite me up that way. The ex-Prime Minister's pastor. How funny is that? Are you well? You're looking fantastic. How about you turn to the person next to you and smile, tell them they're looking fantastic. And if, if they're good looking, you have my permission to give them a kiss on the cheek. There you go. Tell the person on the other side you're better looking, much better looking. So good. Who believes they're sitting next to a supermodel tonight, anyone? Yeah, absolutely. Very good. All the young people in the house tonight, can I have a good amen? So good. I was youth pastor for many moons and uh, then um, started losing my hair. Now I'm shaved and saved, amen. Any other shaved and saved people in the house tonight? A few, nearly. You just go all the way, man. Get the razor, boom. You're like, crank that soldier boy. So good. The rest of you, you're welcome to come and join the club. You're most welcome. It's an effective, cost-effective way of saving money. Do you know how much money my wife spends on, on the, all that hair dye stuff? Man, I'd be wearing like new Jordans tonight. I have to come down a level. But anyway, it's all good, all good. Well, it's great to, uh, to be with you again tonight. If we haven't met before, my name's Brad. My wife, Alison, and I, we're the pastors of Horizon Church down in uh, uh, Sydney's Sutherland Shire. And uh, been there for about 10 years or so. Uh, the way your pastors, Mark and Nina, how we know each other is we used to serve together on staff back in Radelaide, back in the day. Who's ever been to Radelaide before? <laughs> you know, I said that in my church, Radelaide. And this lady comes up to me and says, Pastor Brad, where is Radelaide? I'm like, oh, you know, it's just another way of saying Adelaide, so there you go. But if you're really from Adelaide, you don't say Adelaide, you say Adelaide. Like, there's no, you know, Adelaide. So there you go, that's Jack's favourite city, Adelaide. He was telling me all about it today. He hopes to move there one day, Tiana, if you didn't know. He's, and I gave him a word and said, you just never know, Jack, what, what? I'm only kidding, don't stress out. He very much loves uh, Queensland. I mean, what a great place to live, Queensland. You know, you can keep your tan in Queensland. We've had so much rain in Sydney, I started losing my tan, you know. And uh, anyway, the Shire is a great place to live, by the way. Has anyone ever been to the Shire before down in Cronulla? Um, yeah, it's a very cool place. Special prophecy for you. When I first moved to the Shire, the Shire is like kind of known as really um, Caucasian Australia. So I was one of the like few chocolate brothers walking around, you know. And I used to get very afraid. Um, and because uh, you never know, you might get attacked or anything, you know? And um, so anyway, but it has changed a lot, and it's a lot more multicultural these days, which is awesome. And in fact, in our church, um, when I first took on the church, I was the only chocolate brother and one keyboard player. But don't worry, we stuck together, shoulder to shoulder, encouraged each other, and uh, some of you don't know how to take me. I'm not racist, by the way. We're just like... Our eyes are on Jesus, it's all good, it's all good, so don't stress out. Oh wow, God is good, huh? And by the way, how good is, uh, how do you say that one Jack this morning, the one I was preaching at? More a field, one word, right? What a great campus, I really like that. 
And so if you're from Morayfield tonight, you're a legend, number one. Number two, you are loved. And number three, keep up the great work because that place is about to explode. What a good feel out there. It's not good having KFC next door though. That would not be good for my belly, all right? Um, but anyway, the smell of the chicken was nice driving past. Praise the Lord. Who's ready to get something from God tonight? I don't know what kind of fears you've ever had in your life. I'm not a person who fears a lot, but there is one fear that I did develop, and that is the fear of flying. Now, I fly a lot, and so having the fear of flying was not good for me. I used to have to prepare myself and kind of get ready, maybe take a tablet to calm my nerves, and I developed this fear of flying. Who, anyone else here ever had a fear of flying before? All right, about three honest people. Now, some of you have other fears. Like my youth pastor, Jackson, some of you have met Jackson. He has an absolute fear of spiders. He hates spiders. So if you ever want to get him, pretend you're giving him a spider of some sort and he will run out of the building. Now, this fear of flying actually came about because one day I was flying to the great nation of Papua New Guinea. And for the last 20 years, uh, thereabouts, I've been traveling to Papua New Guinea for about uh, once or twice a year, preaching, ministering, etc. And when you fly in Papua New Guinea, they have these things called propeller planes, right? They used to have jet planes. I don't know what happened, but now there's propeller planes. And there was a massive, massive thunderstorm. And we're like cruising along. All of a sudden, lightning's kind of all around the aeroplane. And the problem with those propeller planes is they can only go to a certain altitude. And this thing is dropping. It's going up. It's dropping. And the lady in front of me is hugging the seat. And she's yelling out, Jesus, lover of my soul. And it was on like Donkey Kong. And I, I thought for the first time in my life, I actually think I'm going to die. Now, this lasted for probably about half an hour. Now, the guy next to me, I don't reckon he was a follower of Jesus, because let's just say he was not quoting Psalm 23 at the time. He was using other forms of language to describe the way that he was feeling. And it was panic moment. And so what happened to me was I've never, ever had a panic attack before. Never known about a panic attack. Never felt a panic attack. I literally froze on the plane. So I had my arms like this on the armrest. You know, you battle the person next to you all the time. I had my way on that flight. And I could not move. I was having a panic attack. And then after that flight, I live to tell the story, by the way, every time I got near an aeroplane, I would start having anxiety, panic attacks because of what happened to me on that flight. You know, tonight, I believe that God wants to deliver some people. God wants to deliver some people from fear, uh, from anxiety, because it is not God's best for your life that you would suffer, that you would have to go through something that stops you from living the life that God has called you to live. 
And tonight we are gonna break some things in the name of Jesus Christ because as a child of God, as a person who has been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, you have been called to be an overcomer. And in fact, the Word of God says you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And we will not allow the spirit of fear to dictate your life, to dictate your thoughts, to dictate your imagination about things that probably won't even end up happening. That spirit of fear is a nasty spirit and it's out there to limit the people of God. And Paul said to Timothy that God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Greek word for sound mind literally means clear thinking. God wants you to have clear thinking. And the devil is doing his absolute best in this generation to sow seeds of fear, to sow seeds of doubt, to sow seeds of anxiety. And we are gonna stand strong against that thing tonight and break it in the mighty name of Jesus. Because the Bible says that when the enemy comes in, the correct way to, to quote that verse is when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. The flood is not the enemy. The flood is the Holy Spirit. And so I'm believing for a flood of the Holy Spirit to touch this place tonight and set people free in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter four, verse 35. Mark chapter four, Verse 35, when you've got it, can I have a good amen? About four people have their Bibles at church tonight. Mark, come on, chapter four, who loves their Bible? Turn it on. Mark chapter four, verse 35 says, on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. Other little boats were also with him. Watch this. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Now, watch this. They are following the command of Jesus. And in following the command of Jesus, they find themselves in the middle of a storm. Verse 38. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Any really good aeroplane sleepers here? That, like you had, that's a gift, man. You guys need to pray for me. I need that gift. That is a blessing. Give it up for those people right now. <laughs> and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose. Watch this. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. That's a good song, by the way. Peace, be still. I love that song. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So what happens to us in the call of God is that God sends us to new places and new spheres of influence. These disciples, they were commanded to go to the other side. For some people, your other side is an advancement in your career. Uh, it's a growth of some sort, perhaps in your business. For some of you, you're trying to secure a great future for your family. Your other side could be that you're believing God that he would restore your health 
in something that you've gone through. For some of you, your other side is a family member. It's a son or a daughter. It's a mom or a dad that comes to know Jesus as their personal friends. Some of you have a dream, you have a desire, you have a destiny that's in your heart. You have a picture of what the other side actually looks like. For some of you, it's been called to go to the mission field of some sort. For some of you, your dream, your desire is to be a youth pastor one day or to be a worship pastor of some sort. There's a dream, there's an other side. And in going to the other side, you find that the disciples, they were filled with idea and thought of imagination of what the other side could actually look like. But in following the purposes of God, in Mark chapter four, verse 37 says, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. It's amazing in following this dream to the other side that there appears to be storms that come in our direction. These storms can either cause us to dread. For some people, the storm causes them to give up. How many people do you know that have hit a storm and have decided, I'm giving up, I can't do this anymore? What's interesting is that when you go to the other side is that there's two types of storms that you will actually experience. For some people, their storm is a storm of disobedience. Jonah got himself into a storm because he was disobedient. However, the disciples, they were in a storm because of their obedience. They were traveling in the purposes of God, moving to a new location, and all of a sudden they find themselves in the middle of a storm, and this storm was so ferocious, so fierce, that the Bible says, that their boat actually began to fill with water, meaning that they were about to sink. So tonight what I wanna do is I wanna preach a message that talks to us about this travel to the other, other side, excuse me, and the storms that we go through and how not to allow a spirit of fear to actually come in when we are going through these challenges. Some of you tonight, you are going through challenge. You're going through a difficult season. You're on your way to the other side and all of a sudden, in following the purposes of God, you found yourself in a storm. Let me give you three things tonight. Number one, he did not promise an easy trip. Watch this, but he did promise to be with us. Come on, he did not promise an easy trip but he did promise to be with us. I love what the Bible says in Mark chapter four, verse 35. Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. He did not say, you cross over to the other side. Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. God is with you tonight. And he is right there in the middle of your storm. And whatever it is that you're going through, whether it's a funky person that's given you a bit of stress, a job situation, a health situation, you need to know tonight that the Lord is with you and he is crossing with you 
to get to the other side. Isaiah 43 verse two says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Come on, say amen right there. When you go through, watch this, rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Come on, he's with you tonight. And if he is with you, his promise is faithful, he's true, he's with you. Come on, I'm speaking to some people tonight. He will take you to the other side. Number two, we must not surrender to the stress, but remain calm. Ever been in one of those storms? Feel the stress? Ever had some of those nights where you stay up, think, fall asleep for about 47 seconds, wake up again, fall asleep, wake up? Come on, I've been there. I know what it's like to feel the stress of something. When uh, uh, Scott Morrison became uh, our Prime Minister, um, my life changed literally in, in, in an instant. The, the day he first got elected as the Prime Minister, it was my day off. And um, I was at home, because on Friday I give myself permission to eat a bacon and egg roll with cooked onion and barbecue sauce. I had my boxer shorts on and I was watching Sky News. And all of a sudden, boom, he's in. Now, somehow or another, these people, they had my mobile phone number somehow, somewhere, and I got asked to do some interviews, etc. cetera. And um, <laughs> I, I was rushing shaving, because I can't rock up in my boxer shorts, that would not be healthy for anybody. And I, I rushed to the church, um, did what I needed to do, and these were live interviews on Channel 7, 9, 10, ABC, et cetera, et cetera, because the media was interested, what is Pentecostal? Tell us about Pentecostal. We've never heard of Pentecostal before. So I was answering all these questions. Then it started, uh, this was on a Friday afternoon, started again at 6 a.m. with the Age newspaper in Melbourne and just kind of went all day. But at the time, I was in the zone of the Holy Ghost. So I felt an anointing for it and just went bam, 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 bam. But after a little while, when media just starts randomly rocking up at your church, so the Sydney Morning Herald came, uh, the New York Times came, and generally what the media is supposed to do is they're actually, uh, you know, just out of courtesy, just to let you know that they're there but, you know, if you get a really not nice journalist, they want a sneaky story so they don't make themselves known. And the stress, the stress, man, it started to get to me. Because when I went through Bible college, <laughs> you don't learn these things. And there's no playbook for it. And I can't go on YouTube to learn how to do this either. And so I'm relying on prayer Holy Spirit number two, which is my wife, her wisdom to kind of navigate. But then there was this one particular show that um, 
really wanted to do some damage to the name Pentecostal because I'm sorry to tell you, they're not all nice out there, as you know. And I had this dream, right? God warns me in this dream about, and I can't say which TV show it is, but you know who they are. <laughs> Bless their hearts. I'm still praying for them. And I have this dream. And in this dream, I see these dogs like kind of running through the Sutherland Shire. I don't dream about dogs very often, but on this night, I do own a Labradoodle, but he's not that fast. <laughs> and these dogs are running through and there was a, a lead dog and it had an iron jaw, right? And man, it's running like literally at like the speed of light through the Sutherland Shire down the streets. It's the middle of the night and it was so real. And the lead dog comes to my house and for my front lawn, this is all happening in the dream, it's not real, um, it jumps towards me and it comes with its iron jaw to crush my skull, right? And in my dream, it felt so real, I go like this to kind of like, you know, don't bite my head. And, and, and immediately I woke up and the Holy Spirit told me the name of the TV show and said, I'm warning you. And I knew exactly, God gave me some wisdom on what to do, because what they were looking for is they were looking to just a smear campaign. Uh, no truth, uh, because unfortunately, journalism and media in the 21st century is not about telling truth anymore. It's about how to sell papers, how to get more clicks. And, and the Holy Spirit gave me wisdom but I'm telling you, it was stressful. But I had to learn in the middle of the stress to remain calm. Some of you, you're getting too stressed. It's time to de-stress tonight. You're allowing stress to consume your thinking, but God's got a strategy for you. Come on, the Holy Spirit's got a plan for you in the middle of your stress. Mark chapter four, verse 38 says, but he was in the stern. Look at Jesus. He ain't stressed about the storm, is he? Look at what Jesus is doing. He's sipping his boost juice asleep on a pillow. That's not surrendering to the stress, but not the disciples. They're like, ah, oh, we're gonna die. They woke him, said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing but where was Jesus? Jesus was asleep. It gives you a sneak preview into the thought life of the disciples because they believe that the power of the storm was greater than the presence of Jesus. When you surrender to stress, you're saying the power of the storm is greater than the presence of Jesus. But we're here to declare tonight, the presence of Jesus is far more powerful than the storm. Can you say amen? amen? And as long as, watch this, the disciples assumed control of their situation, Jesus rested. But when they cast their care on him and released control to him, he cared for everything so that they could rest. Come on, say amen. amen. 
The word control means to assume power over. You're trying to control it? Or are you putting it into the hands of Jesus? Saying, Jesus, Lord, Master, you are in control. Number three, if he can still the storms of nature, he can calm the storm of a troubled heart. And that's what this is all about. If Jesus had the power to speak to nature and to cause it to calm down, surely he can calm the storm of a troubled heart. Come on, somebody, say amen. Now watch this. Mark chapter four, verse 39. Watch how Jesus calms this storm. If I could have the keyboard player, please. That would be fantastic. Then he arose. Come on, he's about to arise tonight and he's gonna take authority over that thing that's troubling you tonight. It says, then he arose and rebuked the wind. Now, this word rebuke is really interesting. Reason why it's interesting is because the word literally means here in Mark chapter four, verse 39, it means to order something, to put something back in order. That is, it was out of order. There are things in your world right now that are out of order. Come on, and Jesus tonight is gonna put some things back in order. There's a person that's here tonight. In fact, there's a few of you. You're not sleeping right. And your, your sleep patterns are out of order. And tonight, we're gonna pray and believe that there's gonna be a breakthrough in your sleep tonight and God's gonna put some things back in order. Why? Because God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Amen. Now, watch what happens. He arose, Mark chapter four, verse 39, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, watch how Jesus takes authority over this storm. He uses the word peace. Come on, who could do with some peace tonight? Some Holy Spirit inspired peace. You know the Greek word that's used there? For the word peace means to be silent. Some voices need to be silenced tonight. Some things that are troubling you need to be silenced tonight. Jesus said, peace be still. I'll finish with this and then we're gonna pray for some people. The word still, now here you gotta capture this tonight. Come on somebody, you gotta capture this tonight. The word still, literally means in the Greek, to be muzzled or to be made speechless. Now, we don't use the word muzzle very often in today's day and age. Don't go around muzzle, muzzle, muzzle. But every now and again, you'll see someone walk in their dog and what do they have over its mouth? They have a muzzle. The idea of the muzzle is that it covers the animal's mouth to stop it from biting. So the question then is, when Jesus said, peace be still, 
whose mouth was he speaking to? He was speaking to the mouth of the devil. Some of you tonight, you've let the voice of Satan, his confusion, fear, anxiety, telling you it's not gonna work out. Jesus tonight, he's speaking a word to silence that thing and to say to Satan, no more, come on, no more in Jesus' Name. And in Mark chapter four, verse 39, it says, the wind ceased and there was a great calm. There was a mega calm. This was a miraculous peace that came from God. Some of you need miraculous peace tonight. We live in a world that's just so full of anxiety and distractions. Some of you can't even go to bed without checking your social media. Some of you can't even read your Bibles first before you have to check your social media. Come on, that stuff is agitating your peace. And you need to go on a social media fast just to break that thing. Because the more you get stuck on it, it will agitate the peace that God has for you. I'm all for social media, but come on, you're letting it dictate your life and it's making you anxious, 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 whereas Jesus has peace for you. You're not sleeping through troubled heart, troubled mind. The Lord says, peace, be still. Come on, peace, be still. You're worried about your finances. The Lord says, peace, be still. You're worried about your son. You're worried about your daughter. The Lord says, peace, be still tonight. We truly live in a world, musos and singers, if you could come please, that'd be great. That's just filled, come on, with weapons of mass distraction. Just everything wants to distract you. Do you know that the average person in Australia sees, you're not gonna believe this, sees between 2,000 to 4,000 advertisements per day. All the brands, all the signs on the side of the road, the person's brand on the jumper right next to you, etc., etc. Distraction, 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 trying to rob your peace. But Jesus has peace for you tonight. Tonight, I'm believing that some things are gonna be broken over some people. You're stressing, you're worried, you're anxious, and eventually, out of control, will consume your life. But we're gonna stand in the gap, and as the family of God, we're gonna stand with you and say, peace, be still, in Jesus' Name. Thank you.